Oh, isn't there a song? Yeah, I got what it. What is it? I got it. Okay. <clears throat> Let the world around us just fall apart. But we can make it if we're heart to heart. And we can build this together. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Is that Grace Slick? You're not a man, you're a chicken boo. Um, <laughs> that's not Grace Slick. It's the chicken boo the whole time. The whole time. He's uh, a chicken. Is it Grace Slick? Is it Jefferson Starship or something? Sounds like it. I have no it definitely idea. Definitely sounds like Grace Slick. Make sure you keep my part about Grace Slick being the heir to the oil slick fortune. Yeah, that was classic. Anytime there's a oil slick, she gets some money. <laughs> she gets a portion of the oil from it. <laughs> Welcome to Your Inner Child's an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and crush any lingering hopes you might have had that they were any good. I'm DJ. This is Damon. What's up, Damon? Hello, DJ. Ah, how are you? I refuse to engage in your high-pitched voice. I think you should. I think uh, I couldn't even the get audience it wants couldn't it. Even- I want it. <laughs> the people have been clamoring for more high-pitched voice. I think we'll get stuff. it. I think we'll get it in this episode, whether we ask for it or not. So, yeah, I'm just, just give me a minute. Today, we're going to talk about the movie Mannequin. Mannequin, yeah, the pro- proper French pronunciation. Starring, uh, who's in this? Paul McCartney. That's not true. No. Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy and... Heir, Senator Joe McCarthy's son. Yeah. Meshach Taylor. Zachary Taylor's son, uh huh, and Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall and her. This is I don't know if it's her big screen debut, but this is definitely when she broke out as an actress. Yeah. Um, and I think Estelle Getty is in this, if memory oh, yeah, serves. That's right. She like works with him or something. She's like the, the manager of the department store. So this is the story of uh, a mannequin that comes to life, basically. Um, sure. This was a. I remember this being huge when we were uh, little. I think it came out in the mid to late 80s, right? Something like 87. Yes. Uh, yeah, probably. I'm going to guess it's 87. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, we'll look it up later. Uh, Andrew McCarthy is sort of a lovable loser working at some de- department store. And he's like, he does he do the window dressing? Like kind I of- think, or maybe he just sets up the mannequins and yeah. he meets uh, Hollywood, played by Meshach Taylor, yeah. I, who I guess maybe he does the windows or maybe just does the displays. Yeah. Um, Kim Cattrall, I believe, is, as you would say, anytime you look to Kim Cattrall, you're like, is that an Egyptian woman? Mm-hmm. So she's an Egyptian princess from Pharaoh times <laughs> oh, who is right. who is cursed uh, by someone? To be a mannequin? To be a modern mannequin? Holy uh, shit. And she... I can't wait to watch this And now. she, this so she comes to life when, I don't know, when she's alone with Andrew McCarthy? yeah. It's very much like Michigan J. Frog, though. It's when he's only by himself. Yes, yeah. And people, very also people, she sings, Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragdime girl. So they have a lot of misadventures and yeah. stuff. Right? And I guess people keep walking in on them kissing because I remember Mishak Taylor being confused, Estelle yeah. Getty being confused. I don't know. They get in a lot of compromising positions. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she turns to a mannequin because someone else has appeared. Right. Wow. The, a lot of memories of this are coming to the forefront now. That is we- there a person who's aware? Isn't there a villain in this? Like someone who's aware she's a mannequin? I think it's the guy who played Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. And he wants to like destroy her. Like destroy her or take her for himself. There's some point where. And she has her own agency, Bernie. She can do what she wants. Well, she doesn't really have her own agency because she's a mannequin. She can't move on her own. I remember there's a threat of her being like, there's a scene of like other mannequins, like actual mannequins, getting ground up by some mannequin like grinding machine, whatever that is. The Um, mannequin grind 6,000. Yeah. And then so she's like on her way, and uh, Andrew McCarthy has to save her. What a weird Yeah, that sounds about right, too. Um, this was uh, like a. I remember seeing this many times, and I remember my mom like saying, "Like Hollywood," because uh, <laughs> at one point Hollywood is this very. He's the what's his the actor's name? Michelle Taylor. Taylor from he's, Designing Women. He's very like f- 
flamboyant uh, yeah. in very 80s. Very, He's got the like... Crazy glasses. Triangle, multicolored glasses. He's got a lot of and, loose, billowy shirts. Yeah. I remember that being a thing. And I remember him talking about... Uh, he talks about a jelly donut calling to him like, Hollywood, Hollywood, come and eat me, Hollywood. <laughs> I don't remember that. And uh, my mom would reference that a lot. <laughs> I remember him being... I think he might be the first, like, not even coded as gay, but just like... I don't know if they ever explicitly say he's gay. They may not. But I mean, I remember it being like, even I as a child had to confront that this was a homosexual man on my screen. Um, So, Which made you really uncomfortable, right? Right, of course. They don't belong on screen. No. And I remember my brother loved this movie and loved Hollywood, also another noted homosexual, Jason. Um, (laughs) So... uh, I remember being, yeah, being confronted with, there's a gay man on my screen, why? Yeah. Um, that's probably the, my biggest takeaway, aside from, of course, the star power of Kim Cattrall. Yeah. I'm, who later went on to star in Star Trek VI and Sex in the City. So star Trek VI in the City. Right, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, did I misspeak? <laughs> star Trek VI in the City. Babe, Star Trek VI in the City. <laughs> um... And she's she, a pig, and of course we all know pigs don't feel emotions. Right. She, uh, she and Spock are both pigs, mm-hmm. and they go to the big city to meet Mr. Big. Not to be confused with Mr. Pig. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of, uh, the, basically the memories I have of this are based around my mom saying Hollywood and Hollywood's voice, uh-huh. and thinking it was weird even when I was little that this guy was sort of obsessed with the mannequin, <laughs> even though she does come to life. So it's not entirely that weird. Sure. In his, I think even as a child, I was like, I think this might be a stupid movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a uh, Key and Peele sketch that came out recently about Gremlins 2. Have you seen that yes, one? Yes, it's fantastic. And the character that he plays that, uh, um, he plays in that that's like sort of a script doctor that comes in right. and says how all these actual things that are in the ridiculous Grimms right. 2 movie, he's kind of, he's dressed like Hollywood. Like he's got the crazy glasses and he's kind of flamboyant. Mm-hmm. And that's about the extent of him playing Hollywood. But I just <laughs> saw that somewhat recently and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, I think this is going to be really stupid. Yeah, um, I can't wait. Yeah. I think the acting is going to be uh, kind of terrible. But this is a pretty quintessentially light 80s movie right it's hard to i mean the premise is already sort of stupid so it's hard to be too hard on it so it better make me fucking laugh yeah good luck with that um i guess i don't have a lot more else to add do you where is andrew mccarthy these days um he's a senator (laughs) have you now or has anyone you ever known been a mannequin (laughs) well yes i have in my hands the list of ten thousand mannequin model numbers (laughs) Zero 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 one three zero 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 one four. I can continue like this. Oh, They're boy. all blacklisted. You'll never work in Hollywood again, mannequins. Um, okay, so we're gonna watch Mannequin. Um, I uh, this was on cable recently, so I recorded it on the old DVR. Um, I, I don't think it's that hard to find. You can kind of uh, seek it out on your regular. Probably steal it pretty easily. Probably. I don't think that it's. <laughs> I feel like they'd probably not be looking really like keeping an eye on it too hard. So it'd probably be like on YouTube, <laughs> like maybe once every five line. years, like, Hey Greg, do a search for mannequin online. Yeah. I guess we, I think we own that one. Still, I think so. we still have the copyright. Is it on? Yeah, it's on there. You know what? There was a mannequin too. Send a letter. There was a mannequin too. What I was do- the difference there? Cause I know, does Kim Cattrall return for that? I don't, I don't think know. she does. I never saw that I don't that think one. Andrew McCarthy does, but I think Meshach Taylor does. Probably. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, so we're going to go watch Man again. He was like, I get to play Hollywood again? <laughs> there was so much more about that character I wanted to play. You need to really explore, get in depth. The homophobic stereotypes. Mannequin origins, Hollywood. Oh my God. I'd probably watch that. <laughs> he like, it shows like has a scene of him picking up the glasses. Like, maybe the sun is too bright. <laughs> James Bond. They're like, are we, can we use the James Bond? We're just using it as filler. We'll fix it's it later. Fine. We'll find an original thing it's for you, Hollywood. In. Uh, All right, we're going to go watch that. Um, Join us, and then uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Great. Can't wait. Great.
here we are, stretched, because we just watched the movie. Uh, yeah. oh, boy, what a shit show that was. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think in our intro we referenced that this was going to be a pretty light movie, and I think I can say, with veracity, <laughs> I've never seen a lighter movie. This is barely a windbreaker. <laughs> Of a movie. It's just, I, I think a man sitting and watching this movie is the only way this could be a lighter movie. This is a billowy, maybe <laughs> possibly rayon with shoulder pads. You got some shoulder pads and just, just billowy, double-breasted blazer <laughs> that goes down to your knees for some reason <laughs> of uh, a movie. So... Let's jump into it. We got, this is Mannequin. We watched Mannequin. We're going to take you through, step by step, the really intense plot. It's, there's a lot of twists, a lot of turns. Hold up. Before okay. we get started. Okay. In the interest of journalistic integrity, yeah. I have to apologize. I have confused Mannequin 1 <laughs> with the far more dark <laughs> and tortured Mannequin 2. Also, Andrew McCarthy is not related to Senator Joe McCarthy. <laughs> also a correction I have to offer. Michelle um, Taylor is not related to Zachary. Wait, which? Zachary Taylor. Zachary Taylor. President Taylor. Zachary Taylor. One of our worst presidents. Or Tyler. John Tyler. <laughs> they both spell and Who, pronounce their names differently. Inconveniently, was right after mm-hmm. Taylor. He's also not related to Taylor Hansen. Whose surname is completely different. Now, which, was it Meshach Tyler, Taylor that died by eating too many cherries? Who <laughs> was that? John I don't even know what you're referencing. <laughs> That's a real... Is that John Tyler? I think it's Taylor. Or Zachary Taylor. I think it's Zachary Taylor had like warm roadside cherries or something. <laughs> he had and boiled he peanuts died. one day and he couldn't finish them. Uh... We get a Bernie of Weekend at Fame. Yes, is in Mannequin Two, and he does play an evil count. He's he's in two on the move colon on the move comma Mannequin. Correct. Yeah, and he uh, he has two assistants. I do want to say this because we're probably never going to watch Mannequin Two, but he has two nope. assistants who wore who were like bodybuilders, and they wore sleeveless tees. And I remember that being like oh. a milestone in my sexual awakening. As okay, well. well, maybe we should watch it. Sure. Since we're taking Christy steps. Swanson, that one has a different uh, mechanic though because she has a magical necklace. Oh right. Okay. I vaguely that vaguely turns her that. into. I watched the trailer for this while we were prepping for this episode. Research at the Library of Congress. I took a flight to D.C. and and researched mannequin <laughs> for a while. Damon, proud of you, buddy. I'm the world's foremost mannequinologist. <laughs> um. So okay. Um. Let's jump in. Yeah, um, you go ahead, jump in. I'll stay on the lifeguard chair and make sure you don't drown. As you mentioned uh, in the, uh, as you probably could have known just by the casting of Kim Cattrall, she's an Egyptian. She's an, an ancient. <laughs> <laughs> Edfu, Give me an Egyptian woman. Is Kim Cattrall available? Yeah, and uh, she is basically. I call it. I called it Egypt in my notes. White <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Um. She, they've got jokes. She's like a uh, she's a like petulant daughter who doesn't want to be married off, and her mother well, comes. Her mo- she's yeah. like hiding in a pharaoh's tomb. She wants to be a very modern woman in our sense of the word. Like she wants adventure. She wants to live on her own life. She doesn't feel like she, she should wants have to invent to. things. I remember what she says that. Yeah, which is interesting. And uh, and of course her mother's like, no, you'll marry the camel dung salesman or whatever. And, and even she's like, this is just the world we live in. Women are putting this station in life. Yeah. And so she kind of wishes upon a wish that she Praise doesn't the have gods. to. Yeah. And the gods grant her wish sort of, sort and of, then, but in a really dick move way. So there's like a big lightning bolt. And then we flash to the credits, which are a whole, a cartoon. Oh, I meant to look up the style of that cartoon. It was a very 80s style cartoon. Is it garbage style? Is that <laughs> what they call it? <laughs> I remember I it I didn't remember no, until, sir. <laughs> until we watched it. But I I remember now like memories of of seeing that and being like, oh cartoons. Uh what is this? <laughs> like the old bait and switch. I can't remember the artist, but he also did credits for Ruthless People. Oh, I don't know that. That's with Bette Midler and Danny DeVito, also from around the same time period. Yeah. Um but he was he was very prominent in the eighties. His work reminds me of a lot of uh Street artist Keith Haring. Sure. I think everybody knows to whom you're referring. Fine. Go on. Um, 
So we get a montage. This is the first of a many. Oh montages. my god! This movie is eighty five percent montage. Yes, yeah. and uh, so the credits are a cartoon montage of her, kind of going through the centuries. Like she, the cartoon version of her is with Christopher Columbus, and yeah, and then with Michelangelo, mm-hmm. and then with uh, who else? There's another person that i can't remember oh i can't remember either but she eventually ends up in the present and i guess i mean is she uh, our question that still remains is was she a mannequin in all these times yeah the the becoming a mannequin thing is really unclear um but you know it's only <laughs> right. the, it's, no that's fair it's that only face you just made is fair it's only the premise of the movie it's like let's not <laughs> right, worry about it let's too much. not think about it it's just how this movie sets up its plot yeah so all that we cut to present day uh, Philadelphia, and we've got the windy city, <laughs> the city of lights. <laughs> that is correct, brotherly lights. So we've got um, Andrew McCarthy is like kind of a um, a lackadaisical, like flighty mannequin, possibly maker? schizophrenic. Well, he we see him kind of building this mannequin, and that's the first thing we see of him. Mm-hmm. And he's just assembling her; he's not carving her out of wood. But he is no. a he is a um, sculpt sculptor. He says that he many is, times. Yeah, yeah. But his hobby. He's not sculpting her; he's assembling this pre made parts these, from pre made parts. And you know, it's we were making jokes about how it's like, "Yep, got one done." <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah, you, you should be making one a minute. This is ridiculous." <laughs> right. We're Firing you and replacing you with half a machine, and we're going to get... And, uh, of course, then later it actually happens. His boss fires him because he's like, uh, you should be getting three or four done a day. And we're like, I'm like three he, or four a day? He could get 20 done a day. You put arms on it, you put it on its torso, and done. Yeah, it's really strange, but it, it's it's strange from the beginning because he's dancing around and talking to the mannequin. Yeah. Uh, and all his buddies in the store are like... Or in the factory with him, or they're they're with it. They're cool with it. They're down. They're dancing to my. Girl you thought also. it would go wear, wear them down really quickly, but apparently they love it. Yeah, they they think he's a real uh, real we, peach. We see him in a variety of other menial jobs. He yeah, gets a job as a balloon salesman. He gets a job as a pizza a chef, hedge, hedge trimmer, hedge trimmer. And each one, he's taking too long to do anything. He you know he's placing the peppers on the pizza really slowly. He's cutting the hedges into various animals. He gets fired from each job. Thus making us realize he's a fucking idiot. And yeah, just fucking um, do it and sculpt in your own time, yeah. ass. <laughs> um, he, uh, when he gets fired from making pizzas, he picks up his girlfriend, kind of, Roxy. His girlfriend, Roxy, looks like if you, if Elaine Bennis and Hillary Clinton had a baby together. <laughs> just a lot of shoulder pads, pantsuits. Yeah. But otherwise a cute girl under all those layers. She is 80s to the max. Oh, Yeah. Just um, like if you boiled 80s down, she'd be the crust on the side of the pot. <laughs> so he picks her up on his hog. His uh, He's got yeah. a motorcycle. He's got a lot of nice stuff for she a works at chronically a lust- unemployed guy. Right. He's, that's true. And he's got a really nice apartment and a piano in it. Yeah. But he, uh, his, his girlfriend, Roxy, works at Illustra. Yeah, which we will call Olestra from right, now on. The shit-making uh, fat, th- fat substitute for potato chips yes. of the 90s. It that? makes you sneeze from your butt. <clears throat> Essentially, yes. I remember one time me and my brother shared a bag, and we just basically... Of Olestra. <laughs> just <laughs> just <laughs> pure Olestra. <laughs> we basically just stood outside the bathroom door while the other one was in there so that we could take over <laughs> once they were done. It was the worst night of my life. Weird that they got that past p- testing. Yeah. It seems like... <laughs> oh, uh, I think they taste good. Um little too salty. Also, I've shat all over my chair. Is that also, an issue? I cannot control my bodily functions. Anymore. I have ice cold diarrhea. So he, uh, Roxy is upset with him because he drives a shitty motorcycle that won't start and it's embarrassing to her and he can never keep a job. And so she kind of dumps him, although it's not clear. It's kind of like more they were, they were bed right. buddies more than actual uh boyfriend and girlfriend so um but she kind of puts an end to that says so you know so she goes away but they're still kind of amiable to each other um, right but uh he's he driving se- past uh prince Price, and company prince and company yeah which is another department store and he sees his mannequin that he was carving in the window so he goes up 
It's raining, but he's talking yes. to her, and he's so excited that he found her again because he was sad to lose her earlier. Yeah. And he says, I'll see you tomorrow. And then when he comes back the next day, uh, Estelle Getty, who's the uh, CEO of this big giant store, right. Price & Co. Um, she's, Prince & Co. Prince & Co. Please. Price Waterhouse, People. Cooper & Co. Um, <laughs> Stirl- Draper Price, Water- Price Sterling. <laughs> yeah. You beat me. <laughs> so... Uh, he runs into Estelle Getty and they're having a, a nice chat. She's a nice lady. And uh, <laughs> this, they're hanging Now, a, Estelle, your character is, how do I put this, nice? Can uh, you do that? Is slightly that a aloof, nice lady. Right. And Maybe a little clueless. She's Ma from the Golden Girls. How could you? Ma! Stop or Ma! she'll shoot. That's right. Um, I saw part of that movie the other day. It was on was that? Hubbo. And it was horrible, if you can imagine. Can't wait. It's on our list. <laughs> Um, so they're hanging, uh, a crew is hanging a 100th anniversary sign, and it kind of falls, and Andrew McCarthy's character, Joe Jonathan, pushes Estelle Getty's character out of the way, and then he starts riding the sign. It's yeah. very weird 80s. And he like, gets picked up by bad. the sign, trying to block it, and he starts swinging on it. But she starts talking to him, like, oh, thank you, what can I do for you? And he's like, give me a job. And she's like, okay, all while they're swinging. So it's very silly, but not really in a charming way. No. Um, and it's like filmed weird and you could tell it was like the one instance where they had to like do some sort of special effects. Special effects yeah. So it was like, Oh, this isn't the best. So we, uh, they, he takes, uh, she takes him inside after he gets down from the sign and, um, to my favorite character of the movie. Oh which yeah. Is well, second favorite for me, James Spader as Mr. Mr. Richards. Yeah. Uh, and I forgot that he was in this and he is. Really good for what this is. Um, it seems like James Spader probably looked at the script and said, okay, so you're making like a shit movie. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be doing whatever I want. He has. He's very Weasley. He's got like slick down hair and he's very, very... Uh, effeminate? He's a little effeminate, but not in the Hollywood way that we'll get to. But he's like... Not in a fun way. <laughs> not in a fun way. He's very villainous, but he's yeah. a fun villainous. Um but yeah, he chews the scenery all over the place. It's really, it's really fun. Um, and so he uh, makes him a stock boy, makes Jonathan a stock boy because he's told to give him a job right. somewhere. And um, and we find out that he's actually in cahoots with Olestra, the rival right. department store. Yes, he's he's trying to get uh, the board in a situation so that they can uh, buy, buy out Prince and Company. Right. Um, and that's. Very well could have happened had uh, our hero not come along because uh, they, they walked in. Thank God empty. someone stopped anyone from getting this money drain out of the way. <laughs> I've got uh, sexual harassment in Roxy's workplace. Roxy works at Olestra, and we've got this weird Italian? Is he Italian? Just a foreign. Yeah. He's- no need to specify any culture he's from. He looks like an off-brand Tony Shalhoub. A little bit, like, yeah. Tony Shalhoub would be in the cereal box, and then if you went down a few shelves, to the bottom this bags. guy would be the bag of Tony Shalhoub <laughs> O's. O's. Like, no, this says Terry Shalhoub. Flakes. Different, but it's, it's the same vibe. Your kids will never know the difference. <laughs> So, Just get a Tony Shalhoub box, pour the Tony Shalhoub O's in there. No one will know. <laughs> so, yeah, Roxy's getting weirdly uh Like, not even in, in a way that seems to be like that 80s style of trying to be charming sexual harassment. Yeah. But it's just like, he's like, I want to bite your bottom, and she's like pushing him away, like like, and he him. won't leave. Yeah. And then we get Hollywood. Makes yes. his first appearance. Queen. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, he shows up, and he is unapologetically gay. If he was on Donahue at the time, it would say <laughs> admitted homosexual. Yes, he uh, is the window dresser at Prince and Company. Yes, and um, he uh, he just broke up with his boyfriend Arthur, who called his thighs Cellulite City. Yeah, um, which really is mean. and the reason why Lewis? maybe Lewis. No, I think it was Arthur. Okay. Or something with an A. Um, but, uh, and that's when we get your mother's favorite line, because he's like, oh, it's those jelly rolls. I can just hear them crawling to me in the middle of the night. Hollywood, come and eat me, Hollywood. Yeah. It's very flamboyant. And I think I, I realized, like, it's offensive to the point where it laps around itself again, and it's charming. It was kind of, like, 
I wanted to be like, oh, come on. But this it was is actually, too much. It was actually kind of charming. Because uh, I kind of know some guys like that. Where they, like, <laughs> not to that. I and mean, obviously it's cartoonish. But, like, right. that it, like kind of. You know men who wear huge shoulder pads. Not not physically. Wear but like, wacky avant-garde sunglasses. Super flamboyant. And, and you're kind of like, you're either super annoyed by it or you're charmed by it. Those right. are like the two choices. You're either like, get the fuck away from it. And me. to the movie's credit, like it... I mean, I guess you could say the whole performance is kind of making fun of him, but it never seems to make fun of him like explicitly in a way. And when people do, the people who do mock Hollywood for his homosexuality are all the villains. Right. Yeah. Like at one point, one, one, one guy, the security guard that we'll talk about in a minute calls Hollywood a Mary. Um, and Andrew McCarthy calls him back a bigot. Right. So it's, it's like, oh, the movie is completely okay with this. They're kind of on the and side. And for 1987, in a mainstream movie about mannequins coming to life, <laughs> uh, you don't get to choose your. Yeah, your, it was it was kind of amazing that they would have even do that because it yeah. was very easy to go for that punchline. Well, and like one of his coworkers refers to him as the fairy at some yeah. point, but it's it's for for what it is. Not to defend that, but like it's pretty low key for what it is, right? Um, a lot of other things coming around this time would not. It's it's actually fairly progressive for that. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, Hollywood makes his appearance. It's the eighties. I mean, we just it's the Reagan administration. Yeah, they're instant pals. Hollywood uh, like catches him like talking to the uh, the mannequin and doesn't judge. He's like whatever. Um, he's kind of on his side. Sex positive. Um, we've also got Felix Maxwell played by uh, G W Bailey of. Police Academy fame. Move right. it, he, move he, it. Right. He plays any villain that needs a uniform. Yeah. It's him. And he it's campy, but he he does his thing, you know? He definitely does a thing. Yeah. He's I mean, he's the security guard in at night. He has a bulldog at the beginning named Rambo. Oh, Rambo, because yeah. he always draws First Blood. First Blood. Um he's 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 very much like a wily e. coyote figure. He seems more menacing than he actually accomplishes. Yeah, he's he, pretty he, dumb. He never seems to get anything done, and he gets dumber seemingly as the movie yeah. continues. Yeah, he's a very bebop and rock steady kind of villain. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then we've got, uh, that's, that night is the first time that um, Emmy comes to life, so Emmy, I didn't get what is. her full name is. Something uh, absolutely ridiculous. Emmy uh, Hashir. Sure. Emma, Emma Hashir is Egyptian. Like her. Forgot. Yeah. I don't know how I forgot when she's just so blatantly Middle Eastern. And uh, so she comes to life, and of course, Jonathan's freaked out, but also there's this beautiful woman that likes him and is like being right. flirty with him, and so he's kind of going with it. Um, and he's just like, well, I'm off. I'm off my rocker. I'm I'm nuts. Right. Well, Finally, he recognizes his own illness, and that's really the first step towards, you know, fixing the problem. I mean, yeah. he's already been talking to mannequins. Yeah. So I like that this is like a bridge too far for him. Yeah. He, well, I mean, I mean, he, I know he doesn't realize that the mannequins are alive, but yeah. Still, he was talking. To, he was in love with them and would talk to them as if they were real anyway. But that first night, um, when he's like running around with Emmy, I'm sure we had a montage there. I don't remember if that. Oh, was the first no montage. fucking doubt. Well, no, because they run around the fucking uh, department store. Yeah, and trying on clothes. Yeah, this is not yet the dancing montage. I think that's later. No, that's <laughs> but, <laughs> that's montage E. Yeah. So, but because he's uh, he kind of forgets that he's supposed to go pick Roxy up, and he stands her up. So that's kind of her villain turn there because she is now upset with him. Right. He was supposed um, to, and he stands her up, and she he goes to pick her up in the morning, realizing he's overslept, and uh, she gets in the the car with. You know, that rapey Italian, rapey Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. And um, he's he's like surprisingly very open about, you know, the possibility that he's insane. He's like, I'm crazy. The mannequin came to life. <laughs> right. Exactly. And she's like, whatever. Yeah. And uh, she drives away with a man who probably has a criminal record. Um, <laughs> not that I'm blaming her. I'm not victim blaming her, but it just seems odd to get back at your boyfriend by getting into a car with a man who where she was to, right to before. not recognize yeah. boundaries. So, um, but overnight, uh, while he was there, they, uh, Emmy and Jonathan made a window dressing that is getting a lot of attention. Like people are standing, stopped outside of the window and admiring it. <laughs> they get a lot of attention yes. for the store. And so Estelle Getty's very, 
very happy and and loves him. And this is one of my favorite moments in the movie because she had, they have a board meeting where Richard yeah. is is trying to convince them to vote to sell to Olestra. Yeah, but Estelle Getty, I wrote down Estelle Getty essentially comes up with the idea for basic marketing. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> if I mean, people to if the they store. come to the window, they might buy something. I'm like, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> oh, if they're already at the location, they might want to look around some more. And so they agree to delay the sale for six weeks, which yeah. is really not that long in, in uh, business terms. But, you know, they she gets him to, like, kind of put it off at least. Then we get the dance montage. Dance montage. We get a few more. And, you know, just more and more attention is being paid to the, to the window dressings. And so uh, eventually gets promoted. He is the chief window dresser. And then yeah. um, we've got... Uh, and Hollywood like- catches them for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And we see that she freezes whenever someone pops up. Yes. So it's going to be that thing, that sort of it's stuff. It's the uh, Michigan J Frog, as we as we reference. known, yeah, a known syndrome. Uh, <laughs> um, and then we've got Felix, the the security officer, is trying to catch Jonathan. I don't know exactly I don't, yeah. what he's trying to catch him doing. But I mean, and also Richard is also like. Dubious of Jonathan, keep even an though, eye on him. Yeah, even though I mean, all all we know is that he was picked up off the street by Estelle Getty. So I don't know why we're suddenly <laughs> he's gonna do us in. I don't know why. I mean, he does. Yeah. So maybe I should give James Spader a little credit for recognizing that. But I mean, it seems weird. I mean, he he works nights, so Felix should be aware that. He works nights. He's going right. to be there with you. Why yeah. do you have to hunt him down, catch him doing something? It's it's odd. It's really strange. And then, uh, you know, Rambo is scared because uh, I think Rambo can see. Uh, um, yeah, he's freaked out by the mannequin because he can yeah. sense something's wrong. Yeah. And so I Rambo, guess. the dog, keeps kind of running away. And then, uh, you know, that makes Felix even more mad because now his dog is... Uh, messed up. I should mention that Rambo is an English bulldog, which is like my favorite kind of dog. So every time yeah. he was on screen, I was like, <laughs> chin skins, chin skins, the, um, underbite skins. <laughs> uh, and then they, <laughs> they fight just thinking for about some the reason. There's a fight scene with, uh, well, later uh, during another montage. Is this during the dance montage or is this a I think this is montage? the end of the, of the, no, no, this is somewhere else. Cause yeah. Cause they're, they're like, in a beach the scene. Yeah. Um, and Roxy and Rapey Tony Shalhoub are they're trying to, they're doing some corporate espionage as well because they want to, because now that there's been some attention paid to Prince and Company's windows, the people at Olestra are concerned that the whole deal's going to fall through. So they send Elaine Bennis and Tony Shalhoub to go investigate. Well, first they send Roxy to try to try to lure him away. Oh, yeah. And, and they he go, refuses. Oh, yeah, But then right. after that, yeah, then they go spy. Right. She tries to offer him a job, and then they are going to try and blackmail him into the job, which caused me to scream, just hire someone else who yeah. does Windows. There's no one else in Philadelphia. Actually, um, Hollywood just got surpassed by this guy right. that got hired the day before. There he might go. be up for it. Seems like be- there's a big market for people who do Windows. <laughs> um, so eventually, so they, so he's fooling around with, They're uh, like rest. Andrew McCarthy is fooling around with, Kim Cattrall yeah. with M- Emmy or whatever. They're kind of wrestling, like just play wrestling. And then, right. uh, and they, then Felix walks in and sees him and he says, you are one sick puppy. Because it's a mannequin. He's rolling Because he's fucking it. a wooden mannequin. And so he says, I'm going to handle this my way, which is fighting him, I guess. For what exact, for yeah. rolling around the floor with a mannequin, I now, guess? Now, Tony Shalhoub does get some pictures of Andrew McCarthy with the mannequin yes. in yeah. a compromising position. Felix, I guess, decides to save the reputation of the mannequin, perhaps? Yeah. To fight. This is one of those scenes where it's like, this was another filler scene where it just seemed like we got to pad this thing out. We've only got 55 minutes of stuff. Yeah. So they start fighting in the sports section of the department store, running into balls and rackets and what have you. Yeah. Um, It doesn't make any sense. But (laughs) eventually, I guess, Felix gets knocked unconscious by um, McCarthy. And when he comes to in the morning, Estelle Getty fires him and James Spader. Yeah. And we get some nice James Spader comedy uh, where he, like, there's a lamp, like, (laughs) like (laughs) he's walking by, like, the makeup counter and there's a lamp that's kind of, like, stretched out into the, it's like a counter Into the aisle, yeah. Into the aisle. And so he just moves it and then the lamp (laughs) falls over and then he grabs it and it falls apart and then he just goes... He, just, he like, just drops it and waves his hand, <laughs> which I hope was just a James Spader thing. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, 
So, yeah, after that, they're, they've been fired. They've been disgraced. And they, you see, uh, we cut to BJ Wirt, who's the CEO of Olestra. And <laughs> yeah. Because we see a weird, <laughs> we see some spinning newspapers and that <laughs> Olestra's stock is down. And he's very upset. And he just basically yells at his staff or his board of directors or whatever to, like, end this. Yeah. They're like, okay. Oh, we should be making profits. Oh, you want us to sell more Got things. Got it. Got it. So, um, be, I, also I wrote, told my staff to sell fewer things, but you know, now that you say it yeah. out loud, it sounds stupid, so I'm going to have them do the opposite. I wrote here, Hollywood is amusing, so I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what he did at that point, but... Um, so BJ Wirt, uh, the probably CEO said of something faggy. Yeah, right. He conspires with Richards and Felix uh, to mannequin nap to kidnap yeah. all the, the. Well, they only want to kidnap the the magic mannequin that they yeah. don't know is magic, but they but they end up taking all the female mannequins because they can't figure out which one is her. Well, don't now you are passing by an action sequence. No, here. this is after this. No, 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 no. They're remember they're chasing them with she's on the bike. Oh, that's them. right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. for As some Hollywood reason, would say, mm-hmm, girl. girl, snap. Uh, for some reason, uh, <laughs> Jonathan decides to take Emmy for a motorcycle ride. Uh, well, that way you get montage number eight yes. at this point, which has my favorite part where they're riding a motorcycle <laughs> and she points off in the distance, but the camera never tells you what she's the fuck she's pointing at. It's it could the, be windows. Like, Do you oh, notice all these Bank these, of America? <laughs> Have you noticed these holes in the sides of the building? <laughs> They're windows, Emmy. <laughs> this uh, is great. That doesn't make any sense. Are they arrow slots? No. You no, don't. no. We don't need to defend against marauders anymore, Emmy. <laughs> We're from different times. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then uh, Felix and um, Spader slash Mr. Richards are uh, chasing after them in a car. We get to a really weird car chase. That's really oh, yeah. stupid. It's um, very stupid and accomplishes nothing. Well, and then they do escape. Um, right, but I mean, later, I mean, James Spader, they crash. They're, they're doing a jump in an alley, and I guess the alley, alley narrows. It's one of yeah. those Gotham City alleys. Classic where Philadelphia. It just, and so the, the car gets stuck midair, and so James Spader and Felix are just stuck in the middle of the air, and then later they just walk up to the... It definitely feels like a scene... They walk up to the department store and just let themselves in. Yeah. So it definitely feels like a scene like, just stick something else in there before they get up to the department store. Right. Something. Anything. I don't care. Um, because no, it's of no consequence to the plot at all. No one even goes, remember that car chase earlier? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, and we, before uh, uh, Emmy gets kidnapped, we got the fucking all over the store montage. Yeah, that uh, store is, uh, there's a fine film, a sticky <laughs> film of semen all over. And at one scene, you see them in a hammock with a bunch of uh, fur blankets. And yeah. I'm just like, if there is any jizz on those <laughs> blankets, you're going to have returns out the window. You're going to have to at least put those on. I parents. got this fox coat, but there's just this little spot here that's just matted. <laughs> What's that about? It's just the way fox hair grows. It's you know what? Normal. I just remembered our window dresser actually came on all of these. <laughs> I'll just take that and get it. We're going to need a new stock this afternoon anyway, so I'll just take that off your hands. We'll just go ahead and exchange that for you. Actually, they all have jizz on them, so I have nothing. Oh, sorry, he got in there right when the truck was unloading. Would you like? He fucked a mannequin <laughs> right on the, the boxes. Would you like a tennis racket? We give you store credit, though. <laughs> How much was this? $3,500? You got $3,500 in store credit. <laughs> so they go. Would you like a hang glider? So obviously, Jonathan's upset. He falls asleep after being, uh, you know, uh, Fucked into submission by the mannequin, and then the kidnapped uh, Emmy's kidnapped overnight, and then he's woken up by everyone in the store, all the employees. And <laughs> this is so weird. He's lying it's asleep, so weird. like naked on fur. It's like he's in a land of virgins. Like yeah. just the fact that he might be naked somewhere, they applaud him. Yeah. He's lying naked. Let me set this scene for you. He's forgotten to do the window for which he is hired. Yes. He is sleeping naked in a pile of merchandise. <laughs> In the middle of the store, it's about to open, so everyone's surrounding him, and the minute he comes to, I, who knows how long they've been standing there, either. <laughs> the minute he comes to... Good job, you. You did it. You're alone here. 
So you've jacked off into all of our coats, I'm to assume. Um, Hollywood comes up and he snaps. What I do like about this movie is every time Hollywood snaps, people everyone, scatter. Everyone just leaves. <laughs> oh God, that fact gets angry. Let's get out of here. Which is pretty true to life in my experience. No, yeah. So, do yeah. not piss off those queens. Um, so so th- at this point, the Kim Cattrall is missing. They yeah. did come. Hollywood stole, tells him that they've been kidnapped. Even your news at 11, honey. They stole <laughs> all of them. Yes. Even your favorite. Yeah. Uh, they stole every female mannequin in the store because they uh, Felix could not figure out which one was the right <laughs> yeah. one, so they to- took all of them. So now, boom, climax. Yeah, they Jonathan rushes to her rescue. He runs. He knows that oh, it's Olestra, so he runs over to Olestra and confronts in Hollywood's pretty sweet ass fifty uh, yeah, style yeah. pink convertible that he then covers in a navy and pink polka dot. And we got a montage of him <laughs> covering. His It's like fast motion covering his car. And then the and there's a song seat. in the background. And in the song you hear, Yes girl. <laughs> it's so weird. I love it. I think But not for the right. I reason. think I'm gonna say it. This movie is the greatest moment in LGBT history. <laughs> Fuck you, Stonewall. <laughs> oh man. So Harvey Milk has nothing on Hollywood. I think we Yes are. girl. Yes girl. News at eleven, honey. So they uh, uh Jonathan goes to confront uh we got he comes to the to BJ's office and there's BJ's in there with Roxy with Mr. Richards with Felix with the main cast is yeah. what we've all gathered. And basically they're like signing a agreement of employment I think or something. It's weird. But uh he says, you know, where where is she? What's going on? And Roxy says, "You'll never get her back." And runs away. She's upset. Elaine Bennett. We get one of my favorite shots where she walks out of the office, and we get the receptionist <laughs> <laughs> sort of like making a like concerned smile. Face. I call it. I call it mom smile, where it's actually even though the mouth is downturned, it's still somehow a smile. It's how my mom would smile at me, like if She's, she was proud of you. It's one of those things where an extra got weirdly in the shot. <laughs> It didn't know what well, it's not to make. the first time in the movie. Remember when oh, yeah. Roxy was angry about having to ride home on the motorcycle? She, so she calls a cab. a cab. The cab driver pulls up and never loses sight of the camera. He just just looks straight directly at the camera. So it's like he's judging you, the viewer, for even watching this movie. Come on. Fair this enough. is a movie about a mannequin. <laughs> Go say hi to your children. Make love to your wife. What are you doing? Have you never seen Metropolis? <laughs> this is a modern day Metropolis. Yeah. I actually haven't seen Metropolis. I have seen Metropolis. It's on my Netflix queue. <laughs> um, so Roxy runs away. She's she's clearly still likes Jonathan. And so for some is, reason she's, she's upset kind of jealous, that her but- boyfriend left her for uh, an inanimate object. Yeah. Lady, it happens more than you'd think. <laughs> Be surprised. You'd be hard-pressed to find a man who hasn't cheated on his girlfriend with a mannequin. So we've got another chase scene because Jonathan is sort of chasing Roxy, but all uh, Felix and his staff of security guards are chasing down Jonathan, and he's got a new dog, Terminator, which is this big German shepherd. Right, and I don't know. I'm confused. There is an earlier scene. I'm not sure if Rambo is just like out of commissions because he's just so worn out because you do get a lot of... Uh, earlier in the movie, you get a lot of reaction shots from Rambo of running the opposite direction. He jumps up in a tree at one point. He's so yeah. scared. So, But he also has uh, a picture of Rambo in his car. Felix has a picture yeah. of Rambo in his car. And at one point he says, this is for you, Rambo. So I was unclear as to I, whether Rambo is dead or just in retirement at this I point. Think I got that he was incapacitated, that he was just like on the sidelines because he couldn't be effective anymore. It couldn't be an effective bulldog. Little bulldog. Skins. So there's a dumb chase. and uh, It was missing some yakety sacks, I'll be honest Roxy with you. goes down to the mannequin destroyer through 6,000. Uh, yeah. She goes into like the bottom like warehouse type part of the, there's I guess it's a trash where they compactor, have wood chipper thing. Yeah, where they have a machine solely devoted to grinding up mannequins. Yeah. 
You could probably reuse those. Yeah, you probably don't need to spend, you know, $50,000 on a (laughs) giant room-sized wood chipper just to grind up your mannequins you no longer. Just send them back to Central, the headquarters. Roxy sends uh, all the mannequins on this conveyor belt to go up into the chipper. And uh, as she's doing that, like a trash chute opens and all this... Waste comes down like paper waste. Paper mostly. waste. It was really like, oddly buries shot. her, and this is right about when Jonathan's uh, catching up to her, and then but all the security guards are zeroing in on on Jonathan, and they've like tackled him. But then Hollywood sh- saves the day with out of fire. nowhere. I don't know how he got there, he but got he's a, there. Yeah, he grabbed a fire hose and he's hosing down the uh, security guards. And uh, what does he say? I I I love to do two things: fight and to kiss boys. Fight. Fight and kiss, boys. Yeah, it's yeah. really not a good line. Yeah, it was supposed to be like, it was almost as good as, I've come here to do two things, kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm <laughs> yeah. all out of bubble gum. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't even, th- there wasn't even that effort put into it. <laughs> so eventually, uh, Jonathan So Jonathan escapes, up, yeah. Yeah, he runs up to the top of the conveyor belt, saves uh, uh, Emmy. Uh, she, he's like Emmy holding, Harris. He's holding her Who, mannequin coincidentally form. is the last mannequin on the list. Right, yeah. He's uh he's also she's also the only one that was whole. All the other mannequins were like already in pieces. Yeah. It was weird. Um so he's holding her, but she's in her mannequin form, and so she can't help pull herself up. And so he's just kind of struggling because there's a guy there, like uh, that works Right, works the, guess, the machine, works the, the machine. janitor or but something. But he's sort of shocked by the whole situation, and instead of just stopping it because there is a human up there, it's a guy, but it's there, you know eighties teen heartthrob Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. So but then because I don't know if she's going to die or whatever. For some reason, she can finally turn human, and she it's, helps It's him. the power of his love. Oh, because he was going to try to save her. The power of love. That's why that's the theme to this movie. Yeah, and then they go back to 1985. And- <laughs> so he, they go back she, to ancient Egypt. Yeah, together. So uh, she helps herself up, and they get up there, and then the, the guy finally stops the machine. And right. then he's... He wants to have his own mannequin oh, lover, so he starts kissing random mannequins. And it's a long shot, too. Like, it shows him, like, finding three uh, yeah. real mannequins and uh, trying to kiss them and then digging for more. And then and he, he finds Roxy and pretty much just forces a kiss upon her. Yeah. And she keeps screaming, no, no. It was very, like, hasn't this girl, I mean, hasn't this girl been through enough? Her yeah. Her boyfriend leaves her for a mannequin. She gets attacked by rapey Tony Shalhoub, yeah. and now she's being attacked by Ginger in the warehouse behind Olestra Industries. The Og Monster. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get the starship. We get, nothing's gonna stop us. Now. Well, don't forget, we, we get a final montage of them getting <laughs> married. I guess Technically not, really not a montage, yeah, but yeah. They, yeah, they, they're they in the window, and they're frozen in the window. Uh, uh Hollywood is officiating. Estelle Getty is there, and someone else is there. I can't remember who. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kim Cattrall and Andrew McCarthy get married in the window, and everyone cheers, Yay. and everyone can see Kim Cattrall now, I guess, saved by the power of his love, and Hollywood is there. And then freeze frame, which is another technique that I yeah. miss. Uh, <laughs> freeze frame, credits. And that's it. That's Mannequin. And the saddest part about that shot is that it's 1987. Hollywood is officiating a wedding. Can't get married. (laughs) And I feel like Andrew McCarthy's like, I'm fucking marrying a mannequin. You can't get married for another 20 years. And even then, it's going to be a bit dicey. (laughs) I hope you don't live in Kentucky at the time, because there might be some, you know, people there who won't like you. God help you if there's a rogue assembly member (laughs) or county clerk. Uh, oh. I could even divorce this mannequin. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I've been married to seven different mannequins. Who cares? Marriage. I t- love them and leave them. That's what I do. Doesn't just, a, just a piece of paper. Doesn't seem like we should care about this at all. This mannequin could get half of my money. <laughs> this mannequin can visit me in the hospital. You can't do shit. <laughs> uh, this mannequin and can... We can marry- <laughs> This mannequin can sign my DNR. <laughs> Not for you, though. No, um, that's a shame. Um, so that's the movie. What uh, What do you think, buddy? Well, this is, I mean, as I said, this is possibly the lightest movie I've ever seen in my life. There's a lot of padding with montages, just like, well, we came up with a plot where the guy falls in love with a mannequin who can come to life. Yeah. 
What if they ride a motorcycle at some point? <laughs> sure. Yeah. No what idea is a bad idea. What if they dance? We could have them in a wood chipper. The just... <laughs> Keep them coming, guys. Keep them coming. These are all great ideas. He could... Uh, Stacey, you know, are you writing all these down? He could roll around uh, in a beach setup with mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. He could fight a security guard. Now, why would they be fighting? Don't worry about it. This is not a time for questions. No bad ideas. No bad ideas. Um, yeah, this is, I will say the highlights of this movie are the two faggiest elements of this movie, <laughs> yeah. which are, by the way, I should mention in this episode, I am a homosexual man. I get to say it. Yeah, you get to say it. Uh, Not me, but you get to say it. <laughs> Hollywood and Little Richard. No, no Hollywood Mr. and Mr. Richards. Yeah. Um, James Spader's character are, have, both have good moments in it. Yeah. Not moments where I'm like, yeah. Right. But it's, well, I will for say. For what it is. Hollywood for his place in movie history, I guess, in a mainstream movie where it doesn't seem to be overwhelmingly judging him for being gay. Yeah. There are some lighthearted jokes about it, but I mean, it doesn't seem to be like really that yeah, horrible. It's not a really point of, of interest. Yeah. yeah. And the bigoted characters are called out for being bigots. Yeah. Uh, Richards is an effeminate man and he's a villain. Um, he's just more slimy. And, and He's more slimy, I guess. I think Spader honestly was playing him as a closet case. Possibly. But it's vilifying the closet case, not the person living his truth. Yeah. And that marks the last time I'll ever say that. First and last <laughs> time I'll ever say the phrase living his truth. Ugh, ugh, tuh, tuh. You know, I was just led to live my truth. <laughs> Gross. Um, but, I mean, this is not a good movie. No, no, If no, you've no. never seen this movie, don't seek it out. I think the reason that I enjoyed this as much as I did was simply because of the power of lowered expectations. <laughs> so, if you... Had, it's a ridiculous before movie. Before we even talked about it earlier in this episode when we had our before talk, uh, you know, and I had just vague notions of it... Um, I would have said, yeah, this is not going to be great. And then as we talked to about it, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. And it was, but it was also not, it wasn't dreadfully so. You know what I mean? It was, it clearly didn't take itself that seriously. Right. And it was kind of fun and it was stupid, but it was also like. But it wasn't all it that was also, funny. No, it wasn't funny, really. <laughs> other than the, our secret star. Uh, to me, James Spader was like a secret star. Right. Whereas like Hollywood is like. The one that everyone there. remembers. He's, He's supposed to be the comic relief. Whereas, you know, and not that James Spader wasn't supposed to be funny because he was, but right. he was like the sort of more, a hidden gem of this movie. I would He's say. the Catherine O'Hara. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hollywood is Beetlejuice. James Spader's Catherine O'Hara. Exactly. Felix, though, is also supposed to be a funny character, and he just really mostly got on my nerves. Yeah. Um, Just because he was so inept that he was never really threatening. As Whereas, I mean, James Spader was a little threatening. I mean, he seemed competent at what he was trying to do. Yeah. Felix was never competent at what he was trying to do. And I didn't understand why he was so fucking upset about everything. Yeah. He's like, I hear people in the store. I'm like, yeah, there are people on staff who set up the windows every right. day. That's their job. They're your co-workers. Why are you trying to hunt them down? Well, and he, they kind of make a lot of P, uh, PTSD references, like, because he was in the <laughs> right. war. And it's and right. not that I, like, there's obviously been a lot more awareness since, since, sure. since the 80s, but it's also like, they're kind of, like, picking on this guy for He's being like, a oh, war trying, trying to storm Omaha Beach again, buddy. Yeah, it was kind of... Uh, when you're seeing an unconscious vet in the middle of your department <laughs> store. Yeah, yeah so... There was one other thing I wanted to reference. It was just, uh, there was, go ahead. Estelle Getty, um, I feel like she might have been born to play Sophia on Golden Girls because I've now seen her, as I referenced earlier, I saw her in Mom, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Yeah. And I've seen her in this and she's kind of just there. She she doesn't even say lines in a way that I'm like, I feel like that was sort of written to do this, say it this other way, but you sort of, there's a scene where they're saying, um, where she's, they're putting up the hundredth anniversary sign and he's like, Oh wow. Uh, do you, do you work here at the store? And she's like, not all hundred years, mind you, but I have been here. And I'm like, I think they're supposed to, you're supposed to hit that, not yes. every hundred, like, because you're, you're old is what they're trying to get at. But she just sort of says it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I guess there you go. I think she does okay in this. I mean, she's wasn't... not bad, but I, I, yeah. I think watching, she's even worse in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Okay. And so seeing this after I'd already seen that, I'm like, I don't know if she's any good in anything but in she's Golden bad, Girls. Even, even opposite Stallone. She's, <laughs> he doesn't elevate her game. 
Oh, yeah. That movie is shit. I all the things that I remember vaguely finding amusing, like the Hollywood things, like were vaguely amusing. You know, uh, yeah, they were like the jelly donut thing. The uh, you know his just mannerisms and stuff. Like, sure, he's. Just, you know, it tickled me. It's true. I mean, there know? there is a little bit of me. I mean, I remember one time I was watching a movie about, it was a documentary. It's called The Celluloid Closet. It's about LGBT representation in film. Uh-huh. And Harvey Firestein was on there. And <laughs> hold on, stay with me. <laughs> they were talking about the sissy stereotype. Yeah. Okay. And there were a lot of people like saying, oh, I hate the sissy because it, you know, reduces us to this, yeah, these mannerisms. Sure. But Harvey Firestein came on and I sort of share this view. He's like, I kind of like the sissy because I feel like any visibility is still visibility. And I feel yeah. like that's sort of my feeling on Hollywood is that, yeah, he's sort of a stereotype type but it's also 1987 and this is a mainstream movie and it's kind of amazing that they would make one of the primary antagonists an uh, a homosexual man that you cannot ignore the fact that he is a homosexual man and he likes has some save the day moments in it as well he's not like completely helpless either i thought you were talking about you said antagonist i was like oh i'm sorry (laughs) yeah i was like wait i don't think uh james vader is openly (laughs) no right sorry uh they, uh, yeah, it's, he does a good job uh, for what it is. You know, you, you kind of have to like big grain of salt <laughs> with sure. the whole thing. You wouldn't put him in a movie today, but it is, it is kind of there. It did win me over a little bit. Yeah. They would even, and even the, when, when the scene where Felix comes up and he says, oh, you're, you're the assistant to that Mary who works down there. And, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, Andrew McCarthy calls him a bigot. I, I wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, we're just going to sort of make fun of him the entire movie then. Yeah. And then he, uh, Andrew McCarthy calls him out and I was like, Oh yeah. All right. Good job. 1987. Yeah. And then we've got, so we have a lot of villains in this movie. If you, if you there count. are, and it's a very much a slobs, almost a slobs versus snobs movie where you have yeah. the, the bigger department store. And I mean, James Spader is very much playing the archetype of the, the snobby rich yeah. kid, yeah. which he plays. Is there, there's another movie that James, that people like that, I've never seen that. I think James Spader has played a similar character of just being the prickish Probably. good boy. He, he did it well. So do you have anything else? Uh, it's a close call, but I will say my inner child is an idiot on this one. Yeah, if I'm going to have to agree because, uh, not about yours, but about mine. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, because... I didn't realize how dumb this was. I don't think. I think you could. I, you could make an argument if you want to watch this movie. You could uh, give it a mystery science theater treatment, but it's yeah. hard to do that because the, even the movie itself doesn't take itself that seriously. So that's always hard to do with one of these type movies. But you could potentially, ironically, watch this movie. Yeah, and apparently this has kind of become a bit of a cult classic, and. That well, it's hard me, to say that because it was a hit at the time. That's true. That spawned its own sequel. But I guess because of the, it was kind of panned by critics, and then now it's loved. But well, is it loved by critics or just the same no, people who saw it in nineteen eighty six? Maybe I don't know. People, this is kind of the nostalgia wave that, like, but I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sort of uh, taking a stab at it here with just a guess, but I don't think people are looking back at this fondly because they think it was a good movie right i think, I think they're are, just looking back on it fondly like and, we would you know alvin and the chipmunks or something where you're like i don't think that's going to be like quality cinema but right it's kind of i feel like it's um any uh, any which way but loose like uh, yeah i remember that there was a movie with clint eastwood and an orangutan in it yeah and uh, that's all i'm going to do i'm not going to seek it out i'm just going to remember that it exists i remember there was a movie where a guy fucked a mannequin <laughs> And that's what I will do. And that seems, by the way, when I was trying to find this movie online to watch, that seems to be this consensus of the internet as well. Ah, you don't actually want to watch this movie. <laughs> you want to remember this movie. Um, but yeah, I would say that my inner child is an idiot on this one. Yeah, agreed. Um, what do you think, dear listener? Yeah, can- let us know. Get angry at us. I'm sure you'd love... Um- but we're as long as you keep the uh, slurs to a minimum, you can totally tell us what you think. You're you in a child. I'll idiot. even give you this. You can call me a faggot. No, but let's, let's try. And, let's try and keep the racial slurs to a minimum. I'm going to go ahead and take that back <laughs> from you. Please don't call Damon that. Uh, You're getting a thumbs up from me on <laughs> calling me sexual I'm orientation gonna, slurs. I have to go ahead and say no to that. Just go ahead and throw a few fudge packers in there if you want. <laughs> 
Denizen of the Hershey <laughs> Highway. You can throw that on the Facebook feed. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our Tumblrs, your inner child is an idiot dot Tumblr. Com. Um, you wouldn't really be a denizen of the Hershey Highway, though. You'd be a you commuter. Live, you'd be a commuter on the Hershey Highway. You don't live on it. Yeah. You would never live on a highway. You want to head out on a highway. Thanks for listening, everybody. Right uh, <laughs> we're going to run away from this <laughs> right now. Run so far. Hollywood. 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 Come and eat me, Hollywood. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Put that N- news hey. at eleven. Put that cover on that car. <laughs> Keep the rain out. The elements. I think his is turning. Mine is turning into blue.